0: From Chris Howell Communications,
1: this is Principles for Success,
0: the Chris Howell Podcast. Success is something we all want to attain in the various areas of our lives, but it can be challenging. So in this podcast, Chris aims to have conversations with those who have achieved a level of success and hopes that principles they share
1: will help you to remove the roadblocks and move you to victory, whether it's relationships, business,
0: or any other area of life. Are you ready for success? Here we go.
1: Thank you, Joy, for the great introduction. And to you, thank you for subscribing to this podcast. I am Chris Howell, and I'm grateful to you for spending the next few moments with us as we share principles for success. Please remember to log into iTunes and rate the podcast and leave us a review. Now, as we get into this week's conversation, it's one that I had with T.D. Jakes regarding a ministry entitled Tory, that is Texas Offenders Reentry Initiative. Now, he started this some 10 years ago to help those who were formerly incarcerated get acclimated back into society. We also discussed his latest book, Destiny Step Into Your Purpose. Now, you're likely going to need paper and pen because you're going to want to take notes. As only T.D. Jakes can, he certainly shares a number of principles for success. Now, let's get to it.
0: Tell us, who is T.D. Jakes? That's a very interesting thing. I think you spend your whole life discovering that. I think at my core, I am a communicator, um, a thinker, um, a lover of people, uh, somebody who really tries. If I can't help you, I don't yes. bother you, yes. you know. And uh, very, I, I consider myself a very simple person, but my life is quite complicated. It's yes. got uh, many tentacles to it, and I have varied interests and multidimensional in terms of my focus and aspirations. Yes.
1: That being said, you have a lot of areas of responsibility. Let's dig into this a little bit and talk about those responsibilities, That's one right. of which is you're the founder of TORI, the mm-hmm. Texas Offenders Reentry
0: Initiative, a program you started back in 2005. Well, you know, we had to do something. To be honest with you, we had uh, put satellites into prisons all over the country. We had ministered to inmates to the degree that when they were getting out of prison, they were coming right to Dallas to the Potter's house. And I soon learned that the local church atmosphere, while it enhances the spiritual development of any person, it didn't really get to the specificity of their needs in particular. Mm -hmm. So we had to develop a program that would help them to better reenter life more effectively. And so we developed the Texas Offenders Reentry Initiative and started it with just church funds and funding it as best we could We really didn't have the resources to do it like it needed to be done, but we did it to the best that we could. Mm -hmm. And gradually, as we rolled along, other people started joining in and standing with us so that we could uh, return fathers and and mothers, actually, uh, back to their children again and kind of rebuild the family, which rebuilds the community. Absolutely. Very important initiative that you've got there.
1: Just recently celebrated a 10 year anniversary. Yes. Congratulations on that anniversary. Thank you very much. I mean, 10 years of impacting lives of some 10,000 adult male and females uh, have been uh, impacted through this program, thereby touching 10,000 families or more Absolutely. as a result of that.
0: You know, and, and it's no quick program. It's not a 30 day, 90 day yeah. program. They have to be in this program for at least a year to graduate. Yeah. Uh, Some of them have been in there two years, depending on what their need assessments were. There's a lot of challenges that face these people during this time. And it's not just them, but it's about their children. It's about their peripheral family and how they engage anger management. We deal with domestic violence. We deal with criteria for GED. We help them to get employed, find appropriate housing, because there are very few people when you get out of prison that will will let you rent from them. So we, we drop you off. Uh, of the bus stop from being incarcerated and say to you, now, you know, reach the American dream, Mm -hmm. but we won't hire you because you're an offender and we won't give you a place to stay because you're an offender. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can't get the basic services because you're an offender. And by the way, you can't vote in many Mm -hmm. states because you're an offender. So politicians don't pay them any attention. They can't add any value to the home because they can't get a job, can't get a place to stay, and many times have lost their home while incarcerated. Yes. So we create a quagmire of such massive dimension that the person's become hopeless and enter back into crime and violence just to survive. Mm-hmm. It's, Tory is a stopgap in between that. Yes. And it is one of many programs that we need in the country to, to help change things. Yes.
1: I would say certainly you're creating change in the fact that it's a holistic approach. That's what I appreciate most about Tory, because there are a lot of programs out there that try and serve the needs of those that have been formerly incarcerated. But many times you go here to get housing, you have to go here for spiritual guidance, and you have to run all over town to exactly. get that help. With no or, money. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. Know? So with Tory, it's this holistic approach that I think,
0: I mean, has allowed you to have the success that you had. Would it's you it's made a big difference, Chris. And and the fact that we don't have the Tory offices here at the church, mm-hmm but we're down in the community on ground level zero in fairly rough neighborhoods, but accessible so that they can get to it. You're talking about going here and going there. They don't have any money to go anywhere. So we had to go where they were. They didn't have the money to come to the church. We had to move our facilities within their reach so that they could access the programs and be committed to them. And the the amazing thing, they were committed. Many of them go all the way through the program. And this type of graduation is an applaud, it is uh, a moment to commemorate stick to as my old pastor would say, yes. and, and the tenacity that it took to finish something, many of which, this is the first graduation service they've ever been in, 40, 50 years old, and this is the first time they've had a cap and a gown on.
1: Yeah, I mean, you talked about your love for people. I mean, is that what you feel birthed this whole thing, the love for people?
0: My love for people and my disdain for system uh, that has become an embarrassment to the world. Mm-hmm. Our criminal justice system is reprehensible. Yes. And, and if you don't touch it, you won't know it because you don't, you don't deal with it. Mm-hmm. But we incarcerate more people than all the countries of the world combined, right here in the U.S. We outdo all of them combined. Mm-hmm. We've turned it into big business. We've got prisons that are on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And it's just terrible because when you look at these fatherless kids, and you start talking to men about being good fathers, you can't be a good father if you're in jail. Yeah. You can't be a good provider if you won't give me a job or won't give me a place to stay. So they're trapped. And uh, my pain over the system and my love for the people is really at the foundation of why Tory exists today. Yes.
1: Well, thank you for uh, starting this organization, not only for those who the program serves, but you've now created an opportunity for those who feel that they're called or to minister to those who've been formerly incarcerated. Mm -hmm. You have opened the program up for folks to volunteer. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those who may not be in the Texas area and can't volunteer, they can donate and contribute to the program. Talk about why it's important to have those volunteers be a part of that.
0: If you think uh, the old adage is true, as I do, that it takes a village to raise a child, it takes the village to heal the village it's only when community reaches out not one institution it takes everybody to do it and the smallest of gifts sometimes we think oh i couldn't make a difference you know i could only send five dollars but if everybody who thought that would just send the five we could help 500 inmates you know Uh, those sorts of ideas are very very important i i told uh, one of my assistants i was amazed that after all of these years she's still volunteering at Torrey and working with me and teaching anger management. He's been doing it for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get paid, no compensation. This is just something he does after work. Mm-hmm. If you give two hours of your week to help somebody, it would really make a difference. And, and I'm challenging everybody who's watching us today to get involved in some way in lifting other people. And even though you have your own problems, and I get that, You'd be surprised when you start helping people how it will uh, help you, how you, uh, there's a reciprocity when you, when you give to
1: others. Good, good. For more information on how you can get involved with Tori, visit medc toryorg This thing that you're doing with Tori and all the other things that you're associated with, it's all in a way to help people reach their destiny. I've heard you say before that your destiny is to help others reach theirs. Unpack that a little bit more.
0: You know, I realized that I wasn't so important. I'm just a tool in the hands of God to help those that are important. And in the process, I've spent all of my life trying to uplift people. And in the process of uplifting them, it has helped me to be lifted. And I wrote a book called Destiny because Mm -hmm. I realized that my life was orchestrated by God. I can see it now. Uh, I believe that all of our lives are orchestrated by God. I think that the more we line up with his plan rather than developing our own plan and trying to get God to bless it, yes. uh, we would be far more effective. I, spent, I wrote the book to challenge people to better understand that there is there is a magnet that draws us, a compass that pulls us, mm-hmm. a, a power that helps us to align with where we really ought to be in life. Yes. You started to talk about the book. Let's dig into it a little bit. Okay.
1: But before we get into the inside of this book, I want to take note of the outside. Mm -hmm. You've written some over some 25 books, Mm -hmm. many of those New York Times bestsellers. You've been on the cover of a few of those books. Mm -hmm. But as I look at the cover of this book and look into the eyes of the guy on the cover of this book, Mm -hmm. I can't help but think that this is a guy at this time in this space who feels that with the help of God, he truly is walking out his destiny. This is a guy whose sky is a little bit bluer, mm-hmm. whose water is a bit more wet. You
0: tell me if I'm reading too much into it, no. I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm I'm amazed that you saw that much <laughs> of it. But that's true. I think I'm a different person. Yeah. Uh, I've learned a lot. Yeah. I've been exposed to a lot. Wow. I've, I've been around the world and, and touched people that, that from people on death row to... The inauguration of several presidents. Yes. Uh, you can't have those moments and not be changed by them. Mm. You know, uh, I spent many of the hours that I write about in the book with Mrs. King, listening at her tell her story. Yes. L- looking at pictures that have never been released and and hearing her talk about the force of the bombs that knocked them back into the kitchen and what that felt like. It, mm. it was, those are gifts. Man. You know, yes. and and so the eyes that you see staring back at you out of that book are eyes who have met witch doctors in Ghana, who have been up in the hills of West Virginia with snake handlers, who yes. have been the guest of kings and princes around the world, literally, yes. and and learned some things that I want to put in the hands of people who may not have those experiences, yes. who may not be uh, in the back room before uh, Whitney Houston's funeral and 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 see the atmosphere in the room or at the National Cathedral with the president and the vice president in the middle of a national tragedy. Yes. It is not the moment that I can give you, but the wisdom that is extracted from those moments, mm. I can print into that book and, yes. and share it with you. Your story may not be my story, but it may help to facilitate your story. Mm-hmm. This book and the thoughts therein is designed to be the win beneath your wings. Yeah. I have nothing to prove now. Mm. Uh, I'm a grandfather. you yes. know. Uh, I'm at the stage in my life where if I haven't done anything by now, I'm not going to do it. Mm. But with the strength and the power that I have left, I want to make it easier for those that are coming next or in the middle of their stride mm. or have fallen off their horse yes. to get back up again.
1: I certainly see it as that after reviewing this book, I see this as a a manual, if you will, a set of instructions uh, to truly help us step into our purpose. So thank you for writing the book. My pleasure. It's almost like you've been looking at my notes. You (laughs) talked about that opportunity that evening, this uh, afternoon with uh, Mrs. Coretta Scott King. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to that because you cover that in such detail. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously this was several years ago, but you cover it with so much detail as if it happened yesterday. You talk about the fact, that you asked her a question and her response to that question
0: took your breath away. Yeah.
1: Share with us the question
0: and what transpired afterwards. I wonder why she never married again. You know, uh, she was a fairly young woman when Martin died and uh, I thought it was amazing that she never married and as far as we know, as far as I know, never really dated uh, again. Mm-hmm. She said that it was her destiny to play that role, yeah. to be his wife. She said that Dr. King was a tough act to follow. Yeah. <laughs> and I certainly <laughs> concur with that. You know, how, how do you come that yeah. And uh, that she accepted that as her assignment in life. She knew clearly mm-hmm. what she was here to do and to be in a way that I think few people do. Can you imagine the seduction of being Mrs. King uh, and to have that King name, to take it yeah. and exploit it in some way or use it in some way. Uh, and yet she, she remained classy mm-hmm. all the days of her life because she knew who she was. Yes. And I wrote about it with passion. Mrs. King was a schoolmate with my mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they both went to Lincoln High School together in Marion, Alabama. Yes. And I grew up listening at my mother talking about, as my mother would say, how Coretta could sing. Uh-huh. And she had a beautiful voice, you know, and and so we had the same memories. She knew all of my aunts. She knew where my grandmother lived. She we, we had so many memories together. And and as as a, a child of an Alabama woman, <laughs> to sit uh, with a woman who was born in Alabama and share some of those memories and collect some of those memoirs, uh, I wrote about them to share them with people who deeply need to appreciate that all of us Mm -hmm. have something to do that may be hard and painful, Mm -hmm. but if you know who you are and you know whose you are, you can not only do it, but you can do it with the grace and dignity that stops you from searching for other assignments Mm -hmm. because you're comfortable in your own skin. Yeah, and you talked about that, how she could have done
1: a number of things in the book. You detailed that out. You shared things with me that I didn't know about her. Right. Uh, you know, so that's the way you unpacked that was just so profound and the way that you just remembered every detail of that. And I said that, and you talked to her earlier about how you have traveled all over the world. You have mm-hmm. sat with presidents and kings. The first thing out of the book is that afternoon with Mrs. Coretta Scott King.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'll never forget it. Yeah. Uh, I learned so much uh, talking with her. I learned so much about people by watching how the world handled her, Mm -hmm. watching how our community handled and sometimes mishandled her. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned the cost of being a hero, how much it costs in a personal way, Mm -hmm. your personal expense, uh, how people can idolize you and at the same time ignore you. Yes. It's shocking. Hmm. How How you can be well thought of and still be neglected. The oxymorons of, of, of success. It was uh, something I'll never forget, yeah. you know. Uh, it, was, it was a schoolmaster moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was a tutorial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that and, 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 and meeting with Rosa Parks, mm-hmm. uh, I can still feel Rosa Parks' hands on my head. Yeah. As she patted my head, she was in a wheelchair. Yes. Out in front of a little place she was staying in an apartment in Detroit, I can still feel the touch of her fingers on my head and the words that she spoke in my ear and how blessed I was to to fondle history hmm. to to be touched uh, by somebody who who stood for something. yeah it was it was uh, man. yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: you, you give us those type of moments in great detail in here. <laughs> this book is on the heels or your New York Times bestselling book, Instinct. Yeah, I love how you lay out the fact that instinct is how we are wired, but destiny reveals why we're wired the way that we are. Exactly. Talk about
0: that some more. You know, if I wire a lamp and do it exactly right until I find the plug, it will never shine. And we do all of these things for self-development. And that's what instinct was about, finding who you are at your core, and finding out your gifts and talents. But if you don't find the plug, you'll never shine. Yeah. Destiny shows you how to be grounded into a place where you fit, yeah. uh, how to resist the urge to run, because we are such runners. <laughs> and sometimes we run from our own destiny. Yeah. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times, Chris, God had something for me that I didn't choose for myself, Uh, the moments in my life that I thought I was too small to stand that tall, Mm. Uh, opportunities that came to me that scared me to death and yet allured me like something you would not believe. I'm I'm, I'm in the middle of one now. And and that allurement and that intimidation cohabitate in the same room. They're roommates Mm -hmm. together. And so you can you can be drawn towards something, and yet be horrified by it. Yes. And so I begin to talk to people about that: what goes on inside yes. uh, of people who are drawn toward destiny. And and it's I'm already excited. There's so many people. There's already a great buzz about the book. The book is already being pre-ordered everywhere, <laughs> and and it's exciting to see uh, that that I can have that kind of conversation with people that I may never get to meet. Yes, Chapter Three.
1: Certainly resonated with me. you talk about how we, uh, how we can I want to hasten the process to destiny and how we try to avoid the steps.
0: you know, uh, I did that mostly for millennials, mm-hmm. uh, but it applies to all of us yes. I think that uh, a lot of times young people are attracted to the goal they're attracted to the trophy but don't want to run the relay yeah. uh, they want the commendation, but they don't want to put in the sweat. And, and it, it sounds like a criticism, but it's more of a critique, as mm-hmm. it were, because the real gift is never the trophy. Mm-hmm. You'll leave it on the mantle and forget it was there. The real gift is what you learned while you were running the laps. Yes. It is the process. And so when I start talking about destiny steps and stepping into your future, Everybody's excited about getting to the future, but what I'm excited about is the steps along the way. That, you could never take away from me. You could steal my trophy. Right. You you know, you you, you could could just, uh, O.J. had his trophies taken, Mm -hmm. but you could never take away what he learned while he was on the field. Those things, nobody can ever take from you. Those moments in your life where you scuffled and struggled and had to pull yourself up that's the real treasure of life. And I, you see how I'm getting passionate about it? <laughs> yeah. but, but, about but it's good stuff. We like it. Give, yeah. Give more it's, more. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really important that we are not so goal oriented that we ignore process because the process brings its own gift. And I found that if you give people the results before they had the process, mm. they'll end up losing it. Mm. Yes. What gives you the ability to maintain it? It's building it yourself. Yes, And so I, I have a strong conviction uh, about due process. I, I don't believe that it is important what you give to your children as much as what you leave in your children. Man. If you give more to them than you gave in them, they will waste everything you left to them. That's good. You
1: talked about that, uh, that whole thing of respecting the steps and establishing order. And one of the things you mentioned is when your life is ordered, setbacks and disappointments are regarded as commas and not periods. Absolutely. That'll preach on a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) it it, 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 it is. I learned more in the setback than I did on the freeway. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I did. I learned so much at, at the breaking points, at the giving up moments, at the moments that I literally thought I would die. But I didn't. Yes. I really thought this was the big one. You know, for example, this is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't. Yes. And, and having crossed to the other side of it, it gave me far more than it took from me. Yeah. It really, really did. The, my strength is built on my struggles. Man. Uh, I can fight what's in front of me because of the things I fought behind. I have to watch it because I will get happy right now <laughs> yes. and ruined the whole interview because that is, that is the substratum of my
1: belief system. Yes. And you share so much of that in the book. And thank you so much for being so transparent and just sharing all that you shared. I mean, again, it truly is, I believe, a manual blueprint for us to step into our purpose. As we close, we open with talking a little bit about you. I'll close with one question. What's the best advice you've ever received?
0: Wow. To thine own self be true. To be, to be true to yourself and true to your core and true to your values is my highest aspiration. Right. TDJs, thank, thank you. you so much. Been a real pleasure. To learn more about Principles for Success and Chris Howell Communications, visit ChrisHowellOnline.com. Once there, access our media archive and find out about the other ways that Chris Howell Communications can inspire, impact, and inform.